the Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Welcome back to another episode of the mom to mom podcast. We know that motherhood makes high demands, yet we know it's worth it. Some days we may feel like no one sees us or if our daily investments are even making a difference. Because let's be honest, motherhood is not always glamorous. Days and weeks can go by without an ounce of appreciation, without any special moments, without any it's all worth it epiphanies. Maybe you feel like some sort of defective woman who is selfish or maybe even a fraud because you're feeling the weight and perhaps the disappointment of motherhood not being all you expected it to be. Maybe like a lot more women struggle with this and we don't just say it out loud. We're all too ashamed to maybe even talk about it. It's not nice to say, I don't like motherhood until it's closely followed by, but it's all worth it. We may lack contentment in the difficult seasons and wonder, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not thriving? When will this feeling be fulfilling? And where did I lose myself in the process? Today's episode is a very real and very difficult place to stay stuck in. Most of us have had the very same thoughts, and we don't want you to feel stuck there anymore. Our guest today has written a new book, Expect Something Beautiful, answering the deep down question, is motherhood only about self-sacrifice? Or will it bless your life too? Laura Booz wants you to expect something more out of motherhood, something truly beautiful. You might be asking, will I lose myself in motherhood, compromise my career, squander my potential? What's the point of all that unseen and uncelebrated, serving, cleaning, caring, snuggling, discipling, and praying? Laura wants you to know that behind all the giving that mothers do is the receiving of something special, a profound growth in God that is cultivated through motherhood every day up and down. Laura Booz is a writer and a teacher who encourages women to love God, think biblically, and live vibrantly. She'll cheer you on, share practical ideas, and point out the beautiful ways God is working in your life. She contributes to her local church and a variety of Christian ministries, and she and her husband, Ryan, and their six children make their home in Pennsylvania. And today, Kate, Jamie, and I want to welcome Laura to the podcast. Hi, it's so wonderful to be here. And hello to the sweet listener. I've been praying for you, and I hope that God uses this episode to touch your heart. Welcome, Laura. We're glad to have you. Well, we have some really great questions from your book and basically about motherhood because we've all been in the seasons that your book covers and discusses, and we're really excited to talk about Mm. what we're going to title this episode as Unfulfilled Motherhood. And I think that's pretty accurate. And I think your book really speaks to the heart of where this comes from and why women feel this way. So I just want to ask you, Laura, in your opinion, what are some of the best things? Let's start off positive Mm -hmm. about being a mom. If you can just share your heart, like what are some of the best things? Let's start there. Well, this is just me personally. I know that every mom is different (laughs) and uh, from a day-to-day basis, different things delight your heart, but here are some things that delight me. I love my children's sense of humor. (laughs) I love laughing together. I homeschool, so they are at my lunch table. And I still kind of have a third grade level sense of humor. (laughs) I don't know if I've matured much past that, but um, it's a joy. I really love them. I love hearing from them. 
You know how like in the cafeteria in third grade, like somebody tells a joke and then everybody tries that joke out with their own variation. <laughs> That's exactly what happens in our house all day, every day. And it delights me. I love holding them close. I love the smell of their heads, even on stinky days. <laughs> I love um, knowing them and getting to know them better. I remember when I first became a mom, a friend told me, you hold this little baby, but, and what you're going to see is that over time, you just see more of their personality that always was there. It just reveals itself more and more as they grow, but you can tell, yep, there it was when they were six weeks old. Hmm. I love that. I delight in that. I love seeing what they're interested in and seeing how their unique giftedness, their unique strengths and weaknesses hmm. and personality, how it all adds to the fabric and complexity and beauty of our family. I want to throw that back at you, September. What's your favorite part about being a mom? Mm -hmm. mm, I would say my favorite part of being a mom is... Boy, there's so many things that are lovely and beautiful and hard, but I think my favorite part is knowing that God has a special plan for each of them and I get to be a part of that. Like just really, it's just an amazing thing. It's very humbling to me, mm -hmm. but my favorite part is saying that is now that I have grown children, some adult children, and I still have little kids is seeing them as adults. That is truly now my most favorite part because you just never know when you're holding that baby, you just cannot see, you cannot know mm -hmm. because now that's my favorite part. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Very encouraging. Kate, mm -hmm. Kate, what about you? I think the same thing. Yes. Having seen my daughter go through all the stages now, she's 36. So I've gotten to see that and to see that, wow, she really did turn out much the way I thought she would when she was younger. And all those gifts that I saw when she was so little have come to the forefront and the world gets to see a lot of them, but a lot of the things that the world doesn't see that I knew were always there. And I'm seeing those express just how she raises her children, how she is in her marriage, how she worships the Lord. It's so neat to see that. And then, of course, I think one of the really cool gifts of motherhood is becoming a grandparent. That That's that little hidden gem that, mm -hmm. you know, you don't get to talk about too much. But for those of us that are allowed that blessing, that's a huge joy. And, and now I get to sort of do it all over again and see those things in these grandchildren that are so different because she's got five and pregnant with a sixth. And it's just amazing to see what God is starting to do in those. They're all different. And you just kind of think, wow, where's where this going to be 20 years from now? But it's super exciting. Hmm. Well, I think my favorite has changed from season to season. And, you know, like September, I just launched my daughter. So like September, I'm sitting in the, wow, this is what she looks like you know, stepping into adulthood and it's even better. God gave me so much more than I could ever ask or imagine to watch her life continue to grow and for her to step out in independence. But I think through it all, through every single season, there's this common thread of getting to have my very own mission field right in the, you know, four walls of my home. And that's a favorite. But if I'm being honest, that's actually sometimes a struggle because they're a mission field for good or for bad. And mm -hmm. when I stepped into motherhood, you know, before the doctor handed me that little pink bundle, I had all these expectations of what I thought it was going to be. You know, I always grew up around children and babysat and, and thought it was going to look a certain way. So I, I carried a lot of expectations into my motherhood, as I'm sure a lot of people do. Uh, and Laura, I'm wondering if you had some expectations coming into motherhood, and I don't necessarily think expectations are wrong as long as they're realistic. So can you tell us why we have these expectations, what is important about them, and maybe point us to 
some realistic expectations to look towards in our motherhood. Well, it's interesting because that is kind of like a hub of my book. But to be honest, going into motherhood, even though I really wanted to be a mom, but I didn't have any set expectations. I don't know really what I expected. Um, Or yeah, it's kind of just been one surprise after another to me. (laughs) I longed for relationship. I longed for peace. I think I probably had a picture in my mind that was kind of like little house on the prairie tranquility. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So of course, so of course that's, that's gone up in the air (laughs) with a whole lot of, you know, reality. Okay. So here's what's important about expectations is that as Christians, they really do indicate where we are setting our hope. And if we are putting our hope in something that's just in our imagination, an ideal or a picture that we've seen somewhere, then we're going to be disappointed. You know, we have to hold those expectations very loosely, but we can put all of our hope in the Lord and hope in his good heart. We can hope in his promises, hope in the way he does things and everything he's given us to live our lives in godliness. We can hope in the effectiveness of the armor of God. I mean, there are so many things that we can hold on to firmly in motherhood. Our expectations can be set and we can have confidence in them. So that is what I wanted to explore in my book because it's something I kind of had to come to grips with over these past 16, 17 years of motherhood. And I also kind of wanted to come to face with them myself because I've got Mm -hmm. a long road ahead still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important. Like I was sharing, I had expectations leading into motherhood. All of my expectations kind of centered around the practical, the nitty gritty, Mm -hmm. the things that I thought I could control, but I was dealing with a real person. You know, she was a a real human being with her own ideals Mm -hmm. and her own opinions that are going to change and waver. But what doesn't change is exactly what you just shared. Our hope is found in the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and he's the steady, firm, ever present thread through it all. And if we can learn to come into motherhood with our eyes on that hope, we're really on firm ground. Yeah. And if we have them sure in our hearts, and if we're learning day after day about what they are, then we can give them to our children who also come into the world having no idea what they're up against. And we can share this hope with them. And everything we've learned, we can point them to our Savior so that their two feet can be on the ground and they can trust Him. It's so valuable for a mother to invest her time and prayer and attention in this topic. I love that, Laura. I love that you talk about hope, and it's such a beautiful gift that the Lord gives us. And and I think There's so many gifts of motherhood. There's so many gifts that the Lord gives us. We learn so much becoming a mom. I think Mm -hmm. I learned as much as my, as I taught my daughter, I probably learned more being a mom than, than I was ever able to give to her. But you talk about the essential gifts of motherhood in your new book and what are they, some of those, and why does every mom need them? Well, yeah, the essential gifts are kind of those wonderful practices of Christianity that God gives us that just will never change. There's never going to be some newfangled way of following Jesus. It's always going to come back to time in his word and the enjoyment of prayer, the fellowship of the saints. It's always going to come back to those basic things that we can all enjoy. So it's very important for a mom to be encouraged in those things not to feel like they're a ball and chain. You know, a lot of times you're just giving your attention in so many different directions. And then people say like, well, you also need to give your attention to the word of God. 
but I think it's very helpful to remember God does not require us to pay attention to his word as much as he wants his word to pay attention to us. Remember, he says that it is the bread of life and it is like a surgeon for our souls to heal us. It's going to convict us of sin and make his way sweet to us. It's going to reveal the ugly underbelly of sin and show us the beauty of Jesus. So his word is going to pay attention to us when all day long, all night long, we are paying attention to everything else in a million directions. Just one look in his direction and he will be so quick to minister right to our spirits where we need it. He really will. And I don't know why it is that 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 seems to be the thing that we just lay down or set aside or go, well, I'll have to do that later. Do it another day or or friends will try to be helpful and say, well, you know, you can read your Bible anytime or whatever they try advice they give us. That's really not the best advice because we can always do something in the margins. You know, there's always time. There's always five minutes that we can take or, or if nothing else, write out your favorite scriptures and stick them on your computer or stick them on the bathroom mirror that we can continually be feeding ourselves the word somehow. I just always encourage younger moms, don't let the word of God slip away. You mm-hmm. know, you may not have a half hour in the morning to do it anymore. If you've got little tiny ones, especially, right. but there's always some time, stick them in your car, put them wherever you're going to see them. You're, you're so right. We, you know, the word of God is essential. And you talk a lot about that in your book. And I think you give some really great suggestions in there. So I hope moms will get that and read what you have to say. It's real powerful. Mm. What I hear you saying, Laura, is that we should focus less stress, effort, and striving to make sure that we get into God's word and focus our attention about letting the word of God get into Mm -hmm. us. Am I hearing you correctly? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. In fact, I was just reading the parable of the soil, you know, where the seed is is sown in all the different types of soil. And the good soil is a person who receives it with a humble and good heart. It doesn't say the good soil is the one who does all of the underlining and the circling and the highlighting, which may be, but the secret to it all of receiving God's word is to make sure you're receiving it with a good heart. Yeah. Just saying, this is what I need right now. How does it apply to me? Lord, I turn to you with a warm and tender heart mm-hmm. over these three words from your word <laughs> or over this whole chapter that I just got to enjoy during nap time, whatever it may be, but to be receiving Amen. it with a good and humble heart. I think that our conversation redirects me back to Jamie's question about expectations. Being a mom of 30 years now, I think one of the most unrealistic expectations that moms have, even after they've raised a passel of children or one or two, is that they just expect more time. That's one of the biggest fallacies I think that women have to overcome is, I didn't expect motherhood to take so much out of me. I didn't expect it to take so much of my time. And I think that's where a lot of our struggle and our discontentment and our expectations are set so high. And I think it's because in our minds, we love our kids so much. We all love our kids. We hold those babies that we give them our everything. But in reality, that's not really a realistic expectation. And I would want any mom listening that if you've gone into motherhood or you're still carrying this expectation of wanting to give your kids everything, and it's just pulling and sucking so much of your time from you, then there's probably not a realistic expectation of what you're supposed to give your kids and what your time could be used for. And this is where this topic of spending time in the word comes in so beautifully. 
is that when we're out of balance in that, then there's something wrong and we're not being fed um, by the word. And so I think when I meet moms and I talk to moms and I know Laura and Jamie and Kate, we've all seen this. We just give ourselves so much to our children. We'll do anything for them, but we won't do the very thing that will bring life to our family. And that's to spend time in his word. So that's a realistic expectation. And I think God has that for us in our motherhood. But in that process of giving to our children time after time and every minute of our day and everything about us, I think we can lose our joy. I just want to interrupt this lovely conversation for only a second to remind you that the Gab Wireless 50% off sale ends in just a few weeks. You have until the end of November to snag a Gab phone or a Gab watch at half off. If you've not heard of these, let me fill you in because friends don't keep saving secrets to themselves. Gab phones look and feel like smartphones, but they're not connected to the internet in any way. A user can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's it. For the most part, the phone just acts like an MP3 player with calling and texting capabilities. As a mom, I have peace of mind knowing that when my kids are using a Gab phone, they're not scrolling social media or being sent shady photos from total strangers. They're not wasting a bunch of time playing video games or being taken advantage of by cyber stalkers. If you too are interested in purchasing a dumb phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can grab a Gab phone right now until the end of November at 50% off. Just head to gabwireless.com and use the coupon code MOMTOMOM at checkout. That's gabwireless.com, coupon code with capital letters, M-O-M-T-O-M-O-M. In your book, you talk about what a mom can do to pursue joy in her motherhood. And mm-hmm. while you're sharing this with us, maybe kind of touch on that topic in your book about the waitress dilemma. Yeah, sure. Let's see. When I was longing to have a baby, there was a verse that I prayed often, and it was that God gives the barren woman children. He puts her in a home. He gives her children. He makes her the joyous mother of children. (laughs) And I, oh, I just prayed that and longed for it. And then he did it. I had my little beloved children, but then there were days when I definitely did not feel joyous many days, many dark and difficult and depressed and hard days. It has been a topic that I've had to dig through and figure out. And so some of the things that I've had to acknowledge that are related to joy, the first one is comparison. When I compare myself with other moms, that can steal my joy real fast. I don't know about you, but really I can like take my kids to a play date with friends and I love them so much and they're doing a great job parenting their children And I walk away from that feeling jealous and condemned and terrible about myself because I am just letting comparison steal all my joy of motherhood. Until I turn to the Lord with that, it just spirals into a really bad day for me and my kids. Mm. And then the second thing that steals my joy, I don't know about you, is um, a lack of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Those are the days where I'm like serving, 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 you know, with a smile on my face. And here's the waitress dilemma is that Mm -hmm. sure enough, by the end of the day, I've had enough and I slap down the bill, (laughs) right? As if like pay up for all I have done for you. I do it to my husband. I do it to my kids and it's awful. (laughs) I've asked the Lord, like, please warn me before I'm about to do that. 
because what it indicates is that I was serving them from the wrong place. I was not serving them from an overflow of love or a wellspring of life from the Holy Spirit, but I was serving them maybe more from a sense of obligation or just because I didn't want them to whine or, you know, I wanted to like put all the fires out or keep the peace or control things. And then sure enough, you know, the bill is going to come because I need a thanks. I need a smile. I need a, can you please do these chores? (laughs) Like whatever it may be. And so I've had to bring that to the Lord many times ask for his forgiveness, ask for his realignment, remind me where this serving is supposed to come from, Lord. You know, he is so good and generous through his Holy Spirit, through his word, just sitting in his presence. Mm. He restores my soul so that I'm able to rejoice in motherhood again. So I imagine a mother's listening to this, Laura. I actually am remembering way back when I had four under five. And that was probably my very hardest mothering season. I was grossly outnumbered (laughs) with babies and I didn't have enough hands or arms or eyes or energy for all of those um, babies in and of myself. There were many times where I lost my cool and wanted to throw in the towel. And I just thought that God picked the wrong girl. God, I know you don't make mistakes but maybe this one thing slipped through the cracks and I was given someone else's baby or someone else's job Mm -hmm. because I cannot do this. What would you say to the mom who was like me, Mm -hmm. who wants to throw in the towel and just walk away from the work that God is asking for her to do? Mm. Well, I would say you sound so normal. (laughs) You sound like so many moms, including myself, on many a day. Mm -hmm. And just because we feel that way, you know, God gives us the grace not to do it. And so every time we feel that way and don't do it, it's just something to revel in and glorify him about because he's so good because we don't want to follow our feelings. We know that. Mm. At the same time, I would point you to one of my favorite verses. It is Psalm 62, 8. This is a life verse for me, and I hope it becomes one for you because it's so good. It says, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So on those days when you really feel like depleted and you're the wrong person for the job and you don't have what it takes, God can hear that. As your creator, as the very one who gave you these gifts, he can hear it. He can take it all. So I encourage you, trust him and pour your heart out before him. And then just picture him being that refuge for you, the refuge from your very own discouragement, your very own thoughts and feelings, he's protecting you from that and guarding you and comforting you. He'll know exactly what you need in those moments. You might not even know. You might think, I just need 30 minutes away, or I just need to get to my exercise class, or I just need my husband to take these kids. But if you spend a moment with the Lord and you pour your heart out to him and look for him to be your refuge, you might be surprised at what he says. Now, This is what will really tend to your heart. So once again, that is Psalm 62, 8. You can look it up in your Bible and treasure that. It's a really, really helpful verse. Mm. And also, I would say that in some ways, you know, you're right. Like none of us have what it takes to do this good work, but the Holy Spirit gives us power. And the point is that we would turn to him moment by moment and day by day. One of my favorite motherhood verses is Isaiah 40, 11. 
And it's about Jesus and you and your child. And here it is. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. So when you're afraid that you're not and you can't be everything for your child, you just, you can't show up today the way you, you dream or want to realize that Jesus is closer to you and closer to your child than you are to one another. So if you are right by his side and he is caring for you, just like a shepherd would care for nursing ewes, a picture how a shepherd cares for them. They are right up next to him. He is making sure they are eating nutrient dense food and drinking cool, clear water. He is defending them from their enemies and making sure they're getting plenty of sleep and rest. That is how Jesus cares for mothers. Literally, day by day with his word and his spirit, he cares. We need just look and there he is right by our side. And our children are in his arms held up close to his heart. So on the day when we feel like our heart is cold or distracted or unable to engage, we can trust that his is fully engaged in our child's well-being. And he is tending them. We might be on the couch having to take a nap, uh, just trying to get through the day, but he is there caring for them. And the best thing your child will see from that day is that Jesus was there for me and my mom. He cared for us that day and he's closer to us than we are to one another. That is so precious to me on a day-to-day basis to bring to mind. And I hope it is for you too. That's a beautiful scripture. I, I love that, Laura. And, you know, I think especially for the mom that feels like she's just kind of gotten lost in her motherhood. I I love that. It really can sort of bring it back to what's true. I think there are a lot of women that feel kind of lost. You know, they're just feeling overwhelmed. It's more than maybe they realized and they kind of get lost in it and get lost in all the things that are happening with their kids. And if you can speak to that woman who feels like she's lost a bit of herself in motherhood and she's just wondering you know, does anybody see me? Does anybody care? Is there a future in all of this? And and there is, but they don't realize it. But if you could speak to that a little bit, that would be great. Mm, yes, I have felt that way. One time I had to go with my husband to a work conference and we brought all the kids because surprise, it was also at a water park. <laughs> so sounds luxurious, how fun, but I was the one pushing the double stroller and like getting all the towels and the snacks and making the thing happen. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, I'm pushing this double stroller through a conference center and I see all these other professionals, you know, just with their little slim bag slung over their shoulder, drinking their little chai latte. <laughs> I'm like, oh my Gosh. goodness, what I wouldn't give to like just push the stroller down the hallway and go into that session Mm. that, you know, it's probably about some technical idea. I have no idea I'd grasp, but wow, (laughs) that looks so appealing right now. But the Holy Spirit was saying, you keep your hands on the stroller, Laura. This is what I'm calling you to do today. So I guess I would say, yes, we all lose parts of ourselves. We are giving up aspects of our career, aspects of our education. I am sure there are so many gifts and strengths that you have that you are laying aside for the well-being of your child. Jesus was the epitome of the example because he said, unless a grain of wheat goes down into the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. And so what we feel a lot of times in motherhood is that element of the grain of wheat going down into the ground and dying. In fact, I feel like with every next child that I had, like I I went down deeper and I died more to myself, but it doesn't end with the dying. 
we see Jesus rise from the grave and the abundant life that he has brought forth for humanity. I can't even put words to it, how much life he has burst forth because of his death for us. And so we put our our trust in him for that, for our eternal life. And then we live a model of that through motherhood, knowing that when we give up our lives for our children, the little costs from a day-to-day basis or the grand costs that we all feel and it hurts, then he will produce life from it. Open your hands to him about these things. Give those things over to him and you will see him produce fruit in your own heart in your child's life, in the people around you that you couldn't have expected, that you just can't even comprehend yet while you're still the shriveled seed just, you know, opening up and dying. You can't comprehend the sprout that's going to come up and then the fruit, the abundant fruit that you will see. But I want you to keep your eye open for it Mm -hmm. because I believe in God's character and ways, and I know he's going to do it for you. Oh, he absolutely will. And you know, I just wanted to say one thing. You never know what those gals with the little bag slung over their shoulder were looking at you and thinking, darn, I wish I, I, you know, I so want to have a family and maybe one day that'll be me. You know, we're always looking, Mm -hmm. thinking the, you know, the glass is half empty or looking whatever's across the street, but I bet they were looking at you, some of those women and thinking, oh, you know, maybe I should have made a different choice or someday. So that, that could be too. Mm, I'm glad you said that, Kate. Yeah. yeah. Because in fact, someone did say that to me. Really? She said, I would have been that person yeah. that you were looking at mm. and I would have been looking at you. And I do think that goes to just the heart of living open-handed before the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, Psalm 37, four mm-hmm. says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart Amen. so that whatever he calls you to, whether it is the slim computer bag or the diaper bag or whatever, or both, right? That we will be living open-handed and open-hearted to him and he will fulfill those things in his good time. Right. I think there's a certain level of discontent that we're all going to feel, whether we're, you know, the mother at home, the mother at work, the single lady, there is a level of discontent that we're going to feel this side of heaven because this world isn't our home. And that actually should be a reminder to us whenever we feel that prickling of discontent, that dis-ease, it should remind us to remember Mm. this place is not our home. This isn't the permanent place. It's just temporary. Mm -hmm. You make me think of myself on those days and I can like feel it in my face. I don't know if you're like this way, but just check in with yourself right now. Like, are your lips pursed and are your arms crossed? And, you know, is your is your brow furrowed and do you like your jaw clenched? Like some days you ever check in with yourself and you're mm. like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I am so miserable. <laughs> I'm so, my heart is so frozen and I'm so unhappy with my life. And I guess I just want to speak to any woman who feels that way because I have been there. And for some reason you are on my heart mm. during this interview. I'm thinking about the things that you may be wrestling with, and I'm just going to list them off. And you ask the Holy Spirit, like, oh, which one of these things am I wrestling with right now? It's negativity and discontentment, a sense of entitlement, a lack of gratitude, selfishness. Maybe you're the clay demanding things from the potter that he doesn't have in mind for you. Maybe you feel stingy or critical or just angry or bitter. I want to appeal to you. And ask you to turn to the Lord and ask him to melt your heart 
and ask him to relax your face and open your hands. Open your mouth to receive his blessings. Ask him to help you smile again, because instead of living off of your expectations that maybe have been unfulfilled and you're angry about it and bitter, just imagine what if, what if you opened your heart and received from him his expectations for you, which I promise are better. (laughs) They're better than what you were hoping would happen. And there is a possibility of you being warm again. There is the possibility of you being okay and smiling and even being that joyous mother. There is the possibility that you would be a vessel wide open that the Lord can fill with himself and with all of the good gifts that he deems best. So here's what I want you to do if that resonated with you. Mm. I don't have time to read Isaiah 54 and 55 to you on this podcast, but I want you to open your Bible the next time you have 20 minute block of time or listen to it through your earbuds. That's Isaiah 54 and 55. And I think that those chapters of God's good heart for his children about when we feel barren and dry, like we're in a wilderness, we feel angry and discontent, how he has plans to break forth, to have us sing, break out in song and to bless us with many good gifts. So good. That's perfect, Laura. And that's why the title of your book is Expect Something Beautiful. That is so beautiful. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what we can get when we allow the Lord to fill us up with all his good things. We all hope that Laura's book in today's episode will give you a renewed sense of vision for your motherhood to see God's good purpose for you as a mom, a woman, and a follower of Christ. Whether you are in a season of wondering if anything you may do is going to make a difference, or if you're going to be able to see the light that comes from the joy that can truly be found in the blessing of motherhood. We pray this episode blesses you. So thank you for joining us, Laura. Can you share with our listeners where they can find your new book and maybe other ministry resources? Oh, sure. Thank you. You can find it wherever you like to buy books. It is called Expect Something Beautiful, Finding God's Good Gifts in Motherhood. You can visit me at Laura at lauraboos.com. That's my website. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. I would love to hear from you. It would just be a delight to me. That's where I am in the world. And I also host a podcast called Expect Something Beautiful. It's produced by Revive Our Hearts and you can find it online. And I'd love for you to tune in there too. To close, I want to share a quote from Laura's book. In the beginning of your book, Laura, you say, let's link arms and remember that motherhood isn't a distraction or an inconvenience. It isn't a side gig or a job. Motherhood is a relationship with a person handpicked by God for us to love. And I love that. And that's how we feel on this podcast. We want to link arms with all the moms and encourage them every day. So Kate, Jamie, and I would love for our listeners, if you're listening today, to leave us a positive rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you happen to be listening from. Maybe you can like us on Instagram and Facebook. And while you're there, be sure to tell us how you're finding joy in your everyday motherhood. We always love hearing from you.